Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. I am Doris Hansen, your host for Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'd like to remind everyone before we get started that our Life After Polygamy support discussion group meets next Monday night. That's April 2nd at 6.30 p.m. And anyone who wants to share or just listen, uh, if your life has been connected with polygamy in any way, you're welcome to come. 6.30 next Monday night, April 2nd. And you can give us a call or email us for the details. You know, this week there's been a lot of cork activity with the FLDS. And um, I'll, I'd like to share a lot of what's been happening with you, with our viewers. And I'm going to begin with uh, polygamist Alan Keat of El Dorado, Texas. He was denied an appeal for his conviction. He was convicted for child rape and is now serving 33 years in prison for the crime. But he went up for an appeal and the DNA evidence proved that his 2005 celestial marriage to a young girl produced a child. The court did allow the evidence taken from the FLDS records as valid evidence, so the appeal failed. Also, in another case, Michael Emack, another polygamist from El Dorado, who is serving seven years in a Texas prison for sexual assault of a child and for bigamy, he also lost his appeal, which ends any opportunity to appeal his conviction to a higher court. And in another FLDS court case in Texas, Wendell Nielsen went on trial for bigamy this week, and he was found guilty for three counts of bigamy. Wendell Nielsen is a member and also a former president of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He also lived on the YFC ranch in El Dorado, Texas. He was legally married to his first wife, but also was a polygamist with 33 wives. The court transcript this week revealed that on a single day in April 3rd of 2005, he took three wives in one day. The following April 17th, the same year, he took another three wives the same day. And on May 5th of the same year, Wendell Nielsen also was married to another four wives on the same day. Of course, Joseph Smith also had multiple polygamous marriages on a single day. Nielsen ended up with 33 wives. It's interesting that Joseph Smith also had 33 wives plus Emma. Although none of Nielsen's multiple brides were under 18 years old, which is not true with Joseph Smith, one of Nielsen's um, brides was married to him one month after she turned 18, and he was 60 years old. So that's a 42-year-old different from him and his young bride. Court records also list that he had dozens of sons and daughters. The sentencing phase of his trial continues this week. Actually, it ended tonight and went to the jury, so tomorrow the sentencing phase will be made known. The polygamists made a bad move when they moved to Texas, and this should send a message to polygamists everywhere who know that they are breaking the law and 
God warns us in Numbers 32, verse 23, where he says, you may be sure that your sin will find you out. This is certainly happening in the FLDS in Texas. Last Monday, the 26th, Warren Jeff's telephone privileges were restored. Now, they had been suspended earlier this year when it was discovered that he was preaching to his congregation uh, by telephone, by cell phone, from his jail cell, and that is not allowed under Texas prison rules. Using his telephone, Jeffs had continued to terrorize his followers so that they finally had to remove his privileges and suspended them for 90 days. We hope that this wasn't too soon and that he doesn't start terrorizing his congregation again. Also, uh, Warren Jeffs had appealed his sentence um, from previously, but uh, they didn't fulfill all the obligations for the appeal, so he lost it and he will be unable to appeal again. We're happy also to learn that the November 2011 ruling in Canada, which sustained the ban on polygamy, will not be appealed to the Supreme Court in Canada. This decision opens the door to investigate and prosecute criminal polygamous relationships in Canada. Judge Bauman in November had found that the law banning polygamy is justified because of the harms that polygamy causes to women and children and to society. And we, of course, as we've said before, are grateful for this decision not to appeal and that this has opened the way for polygamy abuses to now be prosecuted to the full extent of the law in Canada. Again, we hope and pray that our country would find itself to be as wise and diligent in protecting every citizen as Canada has been regarding polygamy abuses and inequality of women and children. On another note, a religious leader by the name of Terrell Dalton is facing charges for allegedly forcing a 15-year-old girl to have sex with him and with his assistant. Dalton is the leader of the Church of the Firstborn of the General Assembly of Heaven. His assistant, Jody Harmon, said he believed he was obeying a commandment when he had sex with the 15-year-old girl. This group began in 2004 in Magna, Utah. In 2009, they moved to Idaho, and in 2010, they moved to Montana, and the arrests for this uh, sexual abuse took place in August of 2010. Dalton grew up as an active member of the Mormon Church, but eventually said the Lord told him that the Mormon Church had strayed from its founding principles which they have done. That's true. And in 2004, he received a revelation telling him to start a new church. Does this begin to sound familiar? Listen on. He claimed he had visions of Jesus Christ. He said he collected stones that he felt produced a unique energy. He said he showed the stones to his assistant, who found several of them to be especially powerful seer stones. Does that sound familiar? He claimed that when he holds these seer stones, he's been able to translate ancient records that help clarify their church's uh, missions. Now, does that not sound familiar as well? We wonder, however, where they're getting those ancient records to translate from. Anytime there's a counterfeit, by definition, there must be an original. 
The claims of this man does sound a lot like some of Joseph Smith's claims. The defendants in this sexual abuse place, uh, in this sexual abuse case, believed in polygamy. And I know that because a few years ago I spoke with a man on the air on this show about that group. And he had called in because he wanted help getting out because he was trapped in that group. And we did help him get out. They believed that God told them to have sex with this young girl. That's what Joseph Smith did. That's what Warren Jeffs did. These men also claimed they had special and personal revelations from Jesus Christ. That's what Joseph Smith claimed. That's what the leaders of all the Mormon fundamentalist groups claim. Isn't that what the Mormon prophet claims? You may laugh and deny that Terrell Dalton or Warren Jeffs had any revelations. But how do you know they didn't? And how do you know that Joseph Smith did? I mean, how do you know? What are your methods for testing for truth? Feelings are not a barometer for truth or fact. In fact, you need to, the, to know that the Bible never tells us to trust our feelings. But instead, Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us that our hearts are deceitfully wicked. And Proverbs 28, 26 tells us that a man who trusts in himself is a fool. Are you trusting your feelings for truth? Dalton said he had a seer stone, which they used to translate ancient documents. If Joseph Smith claimed he could do that, why not others? They're just following their leader. This is the very reason why we can dogmatically state that God has closed his canon. There are no more prophets, no more convoluted, contradictory, additional revelations, which only opens the door for all kinds of heresies like this. It's all been said. It's all been done once and for all. Hebrews 1.1. And also Jude 3 says, and I quote, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. This verse says that we're supposed to contend for the faith. That means that we fight for the truth of the faith of Jesus Christ alone for our eternal life. It says it was given once for all, which means the gospel truth has been given once and will not be repeated or ever need restoration. It was given once for all, once for all people and for all time. And it was entrusted to the saints. And entrusted means faithfully secure and will not be lost ever. And of course, the saints is referring to Christians of the first century and each subsequent century after that. To those who believe that these self-identified prophets have had visions of angels or of Jesus Christ, please very carefully hear these following verses. Starting with 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Verse 4 says, For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you received a different spirit from the one you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. 
a different Jesus was preached. The spirit brother of the devil is a different Jesus than the one in the Bible. Eternal life through temple works, baptisms, marriages, garments, and all kinds of good works is a different gospel. Who are these people that preached a different Jesus, a different spirit, and a different gospel? 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15 tells us. It says, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. So what angel of light did Joseph Smith see? According to the different gospel and the different doctrines that these men preach, we can only conclude that they are nothing but counterfeiters masquerading as the real thing. Jesus said, beware. And that's the message we're also bringing. We have been warned. If you'll throw out everything, everything and only have Jesus left, you have enough for eternal life. You know, the following statement about polygamy was taken from the official website of the Mormon Church, lds.org, with their explanation of what polygamy is to their church. And I quote, and this will go up on the screen, polygamy, plural marriage. The family is ordained of God. Marriage between man and woman is essential to his eternal plan. At certain times and for his specific purposes, God, through his prophets, has directed the practice of plural marriage, sometimes called polygamy, which means one man having more than one living wife at the same time. In obedience to direction from God, Latter-day Saints followed this practice for about 50 years during the 1800s, but officially ceased the practice of such marriages after the manifesto was issued by President Woodruff in 1890. Since that time, plural marriage has not been approved by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and any member adopting this practice is subject to losing his or her membership in the church. This statement is on their official website and is their official statement on plural marriage. Because this is their official statement, they need to be held publicly accountable to tell the truth, which they did not do. True to form, they twist the facts and turn the truth into a lie. Jesus said in John 1837, For this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. If they were on the side of truth instead of whitewashing, this official statement would read a whole lot differently. The statement said that the family is ordained of God. That is about the only true part of the entire statement. God did institute the family unit, but the rest of this official statement on polygamy and marriage is based on falsehoods. For instance, they said, marriage between man and woman is essential to his eternal plan. That is a Mormon myth. Where did Jesus ever say that? 
The only thing essential to his eternal plan is Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and his resurrection, and that's it. Marriage is a part of God's earthly plan to propagate people and to provide a safe and loving and protecting place for families. But marriage is not part of His eternal plan. Jesus said, there are no marriages in heaven. Death ends marriage forever. Jesus Christ is God's eternal plan, not marriage and not polygamy. Mormon doctrine has placed family where Jesus alone should be. He alone is what we look forward to in heaven, and He alone is who gets us there. It is important that our families come to the knowledge of the truth and so be saved, but families are not forever in the context that this culture teaches it. The statement also said, God through His prophets has directed the practice of plural marriage. That's folklore. Where did God ever direct through His prophets the practice of polygamy? They have continued to claim this heresy since Joseph Smith, but no one has ever given one single commandment from the Bible where God instigated the practice of polygamy. God never condoned by commandment the practice of plural marriage. We continue to challenge anyone to produce one single verse or passage from the Bible where God told His people or prophets to practice plural marriage. Furthermore, it wasn't the prophets of the Bible who had harems. It was generally the kings. Abraham was considered a prophet, but he didn't live polygamy. He had Hagar until she got pregnant, and that was the end of it. His life in no way resembled the polygamous lives of Joseph Smith or Brigham Young or Heber C. Kimball or Warren Jeffs or the Kingstons or any other Mormon polygamous. The statement goes on to say, In obedience to direction from God, Latter-day Saints followed this practice for about 50 years during the 1800s, but officially ceased the practice of such marriages after the manifesto was issued by President Woodruff in 1890. Wrong. That statement isn't true, and they know it isn't true. The direction came from Joseph Smith. It didn't come from God. Joseph Smith's affair with Fanny Alger took place in the early 1830s. The first manifesto was in 1890. That's more than 50 years. They said they officially ceased the practice in 1890, but they know better than that. The church leadership did not stop polygamy until 1904 when they issued the second manifesto. And during those 14 years from after 1890, church leadership not only continued to practice celestial plural marriage themselves, but they also performed hundreds of polygamous marriages in their leadership. The LDS church leadership knows this, but they purposefully lie about it. Why? This is aggressive deception, and Jesus warned us to flee from the deceivers. No wonder there are so many thousands of Mormons leaving their church every year. They have discovered the foundation of lies that support Mormonism, and the same false foundation undergirds the fundamentalists. 
Their official statement continues, Since 1890, plural marriage has not been approved by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and any member adopting this practice is subject to losing his or her membership in the church. Now, part of that is correct. However, they continue to believe it will be the celestial practice in heaven, and they continue to practice spiritual plural marriage ceilings in their temples, despite the fact that Jesus himself said there are no marriages in heaven. Why do they continue to contradict Jesus? And they continue to sustain and revere Joseph Smith, but God doesn't condone reverencing a person who practiced the immorality and deceptions that Joseph Smith was guilty of. Nor does God smile upon sustaining leadership of any religion that purposefully lies and whitewashes their dirty little secrets like this religion is in the habit of doing. We look for the day when the LDS will come clean and admit their deceptions and ask forgiveness to the millions and millions of people they have deceived. When they repent and turn to the true biblical Jesus Christ and the true gospel and true salvation and the true eternal God, and only then can they be considered truly Christians. I needed to get a drink there. Mormon fundamentalists believe that living polygamy is essential for eternal glory. Um, That polygamy will enable them to become gods through the Mormon doctrine of eternal progression. In fact, original Mormon doctrine states you must live polygamy or you cannot become a god. Can people progress to ultimate godhood? What did Joseph Smith teach about the doctrine of God? Well, we're going to visit that subject for a bit tonight because if anyone has the doctrine of God wrong, they are wrong enough to end up in the eternal darkness and torment of hell. In Joseph Smith's King Follett discourse, he said, part of what he said is here on the screen, quote, Here then is eternal life to know the only wise and true God. And you have got to learn how to be God yourselves and to be kings and priests to God, the same as all gods have done before you. End quote. So, Smith did teach Mormons needed to learn how to be God. Isn't that an odd God who has to learn how to be a God? Isn't that kind of like a contradiction in terms? In volume six of the history of the church, Joseph Smith is quoted as saying, and I do quote, Now you know that some malicious and corrupt men have sprung up and apostatized from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they declare that the prophet believes in a plurality of gods. They say the prophet says there are many gods, and this proves that he has fallen. I'll preach this doctrine, for the truth shall be preached. I shall preach on the plurality of gods, end quote. And several pages later, Joseph Smith said, quote, I defy all the world to refute me. In the beginning, the heads of the gods organized the heavens and the earth. Many men say there is one God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are only one God. I say that is a strange God anyhow. Three and one and one and three. It's a curious organization. All are to be crammed into one God. It would make the biggest God in all the world. He would be a wonderfully big God. He would be a giant or a monster. First, 
Joseph Smith said those who left the church because of his teachings of a plurality of gods were malicious and corrupt men who apostatized. Malicious and corrupt for walking away from false doctrine? Actually, they were being very wise and obedient by rejecting false teachers and false teachings. It's typical, however, to accuse those who refuse to believe in Mormon heresies as being ugly and malicious and corrupt people. Never in Mormonism has there ever been allowed personal freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of religion. You must conform or you're not worthy. Second, evidently people were saying that Joseph Smith was a fallen prophet for preaching many gods. Despite that, he said, I will preach a plurality of gods. His stubborn heresies knew no bounds. It's very telling that the Bible teaches there's only one God, but Joseph Smith taught there are many gods. It's also funny too, don't you think, that the Bible teaches that a man is to have only one wife, but Joseph Smith taught that you must have many wives. What's up with that? Let's see what the Bible says about Joseph Smith or anyone else who teaches a plurality of gods. We'll start with Deuteronomy 18.20. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods must be put to death. Whoa. It's rather uncanny, don't you think, that God allowed Joseph Smith to be killed shortly after his blasphemous King Follett discourse, which twisted the true doctrine of God. Deuteronomy 13 verses 1 through 3 says, If a prophet or one who foretells by dreams appears among you and announces to you a miraculous sign or wonder, and if the sign or wonder of which he has spoken takes place and he says, Let us follow other gods, gods you have not known, and let us worship them, you must not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer. Even if a man correctly foretells future events and does miracles, if he also teaches about other gods, he's a false prophet and must be ignored. That's what that verse says. And don't ever forget that Jesus warned us that miracles can also be done by ungodly forces. And how about the very first commandment of the ten? Exodus 20 verse 3 says, You shall have no other gods before me. There are no other gods before our God. Joseph Smith said, I defy all the world to refute me. He challenged the whole world to refute him, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. So please don't complain that we're picking on your religion. Joseph Smith proceeds to blaspheme God by calling him strange, curious, a giant, or a monster. He said a Trinitarian God would make the biggest God in all the world. Well, bingo. He is a wonderfully big God. It doesn't matter really what Joseph Smith said about God anyway. It matters what God says about himself. And remember, any so-called prophet who preaches other gods is immediately disqualified as being a prophet based on the Bible. Joseph Smith was no prophet. Yet he so wanted to be considered like an Old Testament prophet. Deuteronomy 4.35 says, The Lord is God, besides Him there is no other. And verse 39 says, Acknowledge and take to heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth below, 
there is no other. The Lord is God. Doesn't the Bible call Jesus Christ Lord? The Lord is God, and there is no other. And all this applies to our Lord Jesus Christ. He is God, and there is no other. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. There was no council of gods to organize matter as Joseph Smith taught in the Pearl of Great Price. Isaiah 44:24 says, This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer who formed you in the womb, I am the Lord who has made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. There is one God, one almighty God. He alone did it all, and He created it all out of absolutely nothing, all by Himself. He said, I am the Lord. Remember, the Lord is God and Jesus is Lord. And that verse says He made all things, and that includes Lucifer. Jesus is the Creator, not Lucifer's brother. Isaiah 43.10 says that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. And 44.8 says, You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. Now, if God doesn't know that there are any other gods, then there are no other gods. Isaiah 45, 5 says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. Now we know with Mormonism, they read between the lines when they read the Bible. They claim these verses mean that there's only one God for this world that there's only one God with whom we have to do, but that there are gods for other worlds. But how can that be true? If there's only one God for this world, how can they teach our God is three separate gods? And that's what they believe. Furthermore, that contradicts what God said about Himself. God says even the heavens, the highest heavens, cannot contain our one God. And if there were other gods, wouldn't our God know there were other gods? Of course He would. But God said He knows of no other gods anywhere, everywhere, or forever. There's no such thing as eternal progression. Now Joseph Smith said the biblical Trinitarian God would be a big God, a monster. And indeed He is a big God, but He's not a monster. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27 says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. That's how big God is. He's not a mere fallible man of flesh and bones. He's not an exalted man. He's a big, beautiful, holy, powerful, single and eternal God. Jesus said God is spirit. He's not a man. And for those polygamists or Mormon theologians whose knowledge of God is different than God's knowledge about Himself, we do hope that this next verse will cause you to rethink your ideas. James chapter 2 verse 19 says, 
Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. Even the demons believe there's one God, and they at least have the good sense to tremble. So the next time that we receive a call or an email whining that you don't say bad things about other religions, so why do we? I'll remind you that Joseph Smith called our God a monster. And the polygamists who think they're earning godhood by their polygamous lifestyle is so wonderful to learn the beauty of the truth about God. On our website, you can go to whatloveisthis.tv and click on the link where it says show notes and references. And there is a list of 45 places in the Bible that clearly teaches there is only one God, not God's many. I was taught while growing up and all the early Mormons taught that eternal progression assures us each that we can become gods. But later I learned in Genesis 3 verse 5 that the serpent who is the devil told Eve that if they disobeyed God, they could become gods. And Jesus said in John 8.44 that the devil cannot tell the truth because there's no truth in him. What a terrible satanic lie for Mormonism to teach their members to embrace the same lie with which the devil tempted Eve. Well, we are going to open the telephone lines right now. Our telephone number is 801-973-8820. That's 973-TV20. When you're on the air, be sure and turn your TV volume down. We'd love to hear from people uh, what your opinions are, if you'd like to join in or make comments of what we said. But please remember, we do require a two-way conversation. And if you don't let me say anything, I'll cut you off my privilege and we do have a message to share with you right now you are watching polygamy what love is this broadcasting live from salt lake city utah this program is the broadcast outreach of a shield and refuge ministry shield and refuge is a point of first contact for mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at You are welcome to join us in our monthly support group, Life After Polygamy, where you can meet others like yourself who are searching for answers about polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism. We meet monthly in the Salt Lake City area. For more details about time and place, call us toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you, is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, 
Make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Welcome back to the show. I'm Doris Hanson, your host for Polygamy, What Love Is This? We've been going on to, uh, some various uh, tidbits and information about uh, polygamy in this culture and early Mormon polygamy. Uh, our phone lines are full, but we don't have anyone ready yet to take the call. So I think I will share with you um, something that I received in the mail uh, two or three weeks ago. Now, of course, the person who sent this didn't leave a return address. Um, so I don't know who it was. I have a sneaking suspicion who it was. Some uh, viewer in Provo who likes to call me names all the time. And on this is the uh, letter to the editor that talks about Joseph Smith couldn't possibly be a pedophile uh, simply because in those days um, the marriage age of girls were younger than, acceptably younger than they are today. And he said on here, more evidence of your dishonesty. Well, a letter to the editor is not evidence of, of any and why does he have to call me names of being dishonest? He hasn't given me any proof whatsoever that what this is being said here is true. It's someone's opinion. But I thought I'd check this out, so I did. And um, the U.S. statistics I'd like to mention over the past hundred years show that on average age of marriage of a man was 25.9 years in the, uh, in the early, late 1800s and in 1900. And the average age for a woman in 1900 was 22 years. In the early 1800s it was even older than that, the, of the average age, the median age. The idea that it was normal for young girls to be married in those days is false. Now, it did happen, uh, but outside of Mormon and polygamy culture, it certainly was not the normal thing, it was but the exception. No documentation exists to sustain the idea that girls as young as 14 years old were married off to older men as a normal practice. Now, Joseph Smith married two, men, two girls who were 14 years old, and that was not a normal practice. A gap of 15 or 20 years or more between partners was very unusual in those days. It was not typical, except Mormon culture, except Mormon polygamous culture. According to the morals of his time, several of Joseph Smith's wives were inappropriately young for him. It is pure myth that 19th century American girls married at ages 12 to 14, and don't forget that a 14-year-old girl then is equivalent to a nine-year-old girl today in maturity. So yeah, we'll continue to call Joseph Smith a pedophile because he was. Okay, we have a couple of calls here. Uh, line two, we have Anonymous in Bountiful. Hello, Anonymous. Hello? Are you, gonna, are you not gonna talk either? Hello? Hello? Hello, Anonymous? 
I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Okay. You're on the air. What's your uh, question? I, uh, I just had a, a kind of a question uh, and a couple of comments. Uh, I, I grew up in Bountiful in the 50s and the uh, 60s. And I I remember, you know, on Main Street in Bountiful, they had the uh, co-op there. Mm-hmm. And everybody went there and bought their Levi's yep. and... All the kids went there at the schools and that. Uh, did you work there at that store? Oh, I didn't work there, but I had uncles who did, and I shopped oh. there. Shopped and there a lot. The other thing is, I had some some uh, classmates. Do you need to turn down your volume? Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> yes. There. Okay. Now you had some classmates. Yeah, that uh, they were Millers, and I didn't think of them at the time as polygamous but I think they were because from they kind of stayed to themselves and they were quote cousins but they both had the when you talk I talked to them I talked to them sometimes in school and I think they you know they had like the same their father had the same characteristics they said he was a jack of all trades and they kind of stayed away from doing anything with any of the regular kids you know what i mean they just kind of do they that, to themselves they that, may have been cousins it sounds like some things that, that maybe the polygamous people would say about themselves but there were no millers in the kingston group mm. so if okay. they were in a polygamy group they, been, they weren't in the one that i was else, in but I, I did just want to make a quick comment about you know i know that you get a lot of uh people calling and really upset lds people about uh the fact that they think you're bashing their church, and they I say, you know, things like, why do you do this? We don't do that. But, you know, they have 60,000 missionaries. And I, I, I'm i inactive in the church, but I was a missionary when I was a young, naive person. And uh, I know what the missionaries teach, and 50 or 60,000 missionaries are out there yep. telling people every day, all the time, that their mm-hmm. churches are wrong and, mm-hmm. and uh, not That's of, right. uh, you know, God. You know the saying, uh-huh. their hearts. They're far from me, though they're, you know, yeah. words, mm-hmm. words me and that. So, you know, it's the same thing. I don't know why they get so offended because, and then act like they don't do that. That's uh, right. I don't think that they, right. you know, they don't go on a television show and do that, but uh, they definitely. Oh, haven't you watched KBYU? Religions that, <laughs> you need to tune um, into KBYU and see what they say. They always say they're the only true church. Well, of course. And, yeah. But, you know, that their thing is, though, is that's. And you know what the Book of Mormon Bringing their says? Bringing church up and not you're a return, the other ones down. But they pretty much get into it that, well, your church is wrong. <laughs> you're, and you don't have any authority and blah, blah, blah. You, you know, now you so said they that, do the same thing. <laughs> you say that you're a... You see, it's funny that they get uh, so... Yoo-hoo. <laughs> yes. You say that you're a return missionary? Yeah. You know the Book of Mormon then, at least remember parts of it, where it says that there's only two churches on the planet, and one is the Church of the Lamb of God, and the other is the, church, the abomination and whore of all the earth. Yes. That's in, their, that's in their doctrine. That's their canon. I know. Now, how, how does that make us feel, that, that we belong yeah. to the, the, the great prostitute, the whore of all the earth? I mean, that's pretty nasty. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up, and then I decided not to. So you did, so that's <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, it's, a, it's just funny that I, I guess they get the idea that, I don't know. I don't know where it's it just, you know, when you get into... Uh, Religions and and the, you know all the converts they have they're not those aren't converts that are uh, you know Muslims or Hindus they're uh, Christians Christians mm-hmm. yeah. and most of them are probably you know they're the ones that I knew I was in South America and they they weren't active uh, Catholics right. they're mostly yeah. 
yeah. born Catholic, well, but they really didn't go to church or understand any religion. So what, well, unfortunately, what they do is, is they try to scare people to join um, by being the only true church. And then once they join, then they scare people to keep from leaving because then you've lost yeah. your salvation. Oh, yeah, there's all the guilt. And, and the, the, the fear and the guilt is used burn. also in the polygamy yeah. groups because if you're in the polygamy group and you're thinking of leaving, oh, my goodness, that guilt and the fear and the threats is horrendous. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Same yes, thing. Is, so. Same thing. Anyway. Well, thanks, thanks for Dora. calling. Appreciate your call. Mm -hmm. Good night. Okay, we have Jill calling from Ogden. Hello, Jill. Hi there. Hi. Um, I just uh, wanted to make a comment. Um, I I find it very I find it very hard to believe that the the members of the LDS Church, the members of the LDS Church who watch your program and have um, get all up in arms about things about fact that you are bringing to them when they seem to know their their religion inside and out. You know, it's, they know that Joseph Smith was a polygamist. In my estimation, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, Orm Pratt, the all Warren Jeff, not only are they polygamists, they're pedophiles. They sleep with young girls. They have a mo 32 wives. What, what better explanation is there than pedophilia? There is That's none. it. In a word, that's it. A an old man that takes a young girl that's not even finished with puberty or sometimes haven't even begun it, that's pedophile. It most certainly is. And they get all up in arms about you trying to bring information to people Factual information, because I have looked it up, um, and for them to deny that the facts you are bringing them are untruths is just insane to me. Well, you know, they that's all they know. Um, having been raised in a polygamy group, I know that when you're taught from the cradle something, and then you're faced with something the opposite, it's very difficult to comprehend and absorb uh, the information. It's very difficult. Even after I had ran, I ran away from the polygamy group when I turned 18, and I hated it. I didn't want to be in it. I didn't want my parents to ever talk to me about it again. But even at that, after I had left, somebody told me that the polygamists were the apostates from the Mormon church. Now, the opposite is true, but that's what they told me, and I wanted to defend it. That was my my um, immediate reaction, I wanted to defend it, even though I knew that it was true. And that was because from the cradle, that was my action, that was my instinct to do. And, and, and I understand and, that. But it's if they just, would just research no, it for themselves. It's a very sneaky, spiteful way of brainwashing young children. Well, it is. It's, it's, um, it's, it's terribly like telling, sad. teaching us our ABCs and then telling us that they're wrong. They're telling us that yellow isn't yellow. Correct. And that red isn't Correct. red. And they're telling them it's something else. But in lieu of attacking you and attacking the truth, they should educate themselves. If they would just research these things for themselves, it would solve a lot of problems. 
And it, I appreciate it, your it show. I watch it every Thursday. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate your call. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Good night. Okay. We have Yvonne calling in St. George. Hello, Yvonne. Yes. Yes, you're on the air. Yes. I was uh, wondering, um, I blew up the church quite a few years ago, the LDS church, and but they still have me on their books. How do I go about getting completely out of uh, Mormonism? Because my son went to get help. And they wouldn't help him until he told them that I was on the books. And I don't want my family thinking that I'm Mormon. So how do I go about getting completely out of the church and off their books? You know, if you have email, you can email me, tv at aboutpolygamy.com, and remind me of this phone call, and I will send to you some information, a letter that you can complete with the instructions of how to do it, and you can send to them to get your name off. You, okay, I don't have a computer. You don't have a computer. Uh, do you, if you want to give the operator, when we're done with the phone call, the operator can take your mailing address and I'll mail it to you. Okay. okay. That would be great. Okay. So the operator who's ever taking this call, just take this lady's name, uh, address, her mailing address and zip code, and I'll mail it off to you. Okay. okay. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Dorothy. Keep welcome. up the good work. Thank and you. God bless you. Thank you. He is. <laughs> Night. Okay, we have Sherry calling in Riverton. Hello, Sherry. Hi. Hi, you're on the air. I just had one question. Uh -huh. um, I actually have a lot of questions, but this one, um, where you said that Jesus said there is no marriage in heaven. Uh huh. I was just wondering where that is in the Bible. It's in Matthew 22, I think. Matthew 22. I think it's chapter 22. Okay. All right. And he and, and, and so what happens is they come up to some some people come up to him and they want to test him, uh -huh. and they give him an, an example of a woman who um, marries and she die, and and her husband dies and then she, so she marries his brother and he dies and she marries his brother and and they get up to seven husbands for this woman and then he dies and then they all die and they said to Jesus whose husband. Uh, who's uh, who belongs to this wife okay. after death? And Jesus said, "You don't even know what you're talking about okay. because there are no marriages in heaven." Okay, so it's in Matthew 22. Somewhere. I think it's 22. If it's not, then it would be chapter 20. But I'm, I'm, it's one of those two chapters. Okay. And then the other question, you know, I, I Matthew 22:30. I just, I just us. got notice. It's Matthew 22:30. 22:30. Uh huh. Okay. Thank you. Um, you know. I, I've always been taught that, okay, Heavenly Father is the Father, God, and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that the Holy Ghost, and then those three together work together as one, but they're separate. And, you know, I, I, I get confused because it does say, like, when Jesus is getting baptized by John the Baptist, you know, how the voice mm -hmm. from heaven says, this is my beloved mm -hmm. Son, in whom, mm -hmm. whom I am well pleased. And then when Jesus is dying on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm -hmm. So that it all confuses me, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, they are three separate, but then you guys are saying they're one, so I'm just trying to find answers. It's one God. It's not, it's not one, one person. There's three persons, but there's one God, only one God. 
Okay. in three separate persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that are eternally connected and eternally God. Okay. Now, the, the Mormonism teaches that Jesus is the literal Son of God, which right. literal Son of God means God had sex with Mary to produce Jesus. They don't say that when they say literal, but that's exactly what it means. That is their doctrine. Well, God didn't have sex with Mary. That's ridiculous. No. And, and so he is the son of God. He became flesh and became a human being so he could die on the cross for our sins. Right. That is what it means by being the son of God, not okay. that he um, literally is the son. Yeah, th th this is where I'm just really struggling with and trying to figure everything out. Oh, you know, you know I found out, you know, of course, that Joseph Smith had 33 wives, and I find this out at 50 years old, being yeah. a member of the church all my life. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. So I, I don't want to do anything to offend God. No, <laughs> you know, good thinking. <laughs> you know, let me explain something to you. On, on the show, oh, two or three months ago, we had a call, kind of like yours, where, where somebody was curious about the Trinity. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of Mormons want to reject it, completely do reject it. And after the show, someone said to me uh, that they had been told that someone had told them that if you could understand fully and better understand Jesus, the Trinity will be no problem for you. Really? And that is so true. And so I would suggest that you start to study Jesus. I and have a, been. I've been reading a good the place Bible to, really A good place intently. to start is John. Get into the Gospel of John okay. and just read it, chapter 1, clear through the end, and just read it and study and ponder and pray and ask God for insight. And once you get a grip on who Jesus is, it's true, the Trinity will not be that big of a problem. Okay. And then the other question, you said feelings. So how, how do you not know if you don't go by feelings? Feelings are the most changeable thing that you've got in your body. They can change. They, they, they're, they're fickle. Your feelings are fickle. Okay. We go by fact. The That's Bible true. has the truths. And if you want any truth, especially for your eternal soul, you need to be in the Bible because God gave us the Bible as our maintenance manual. He gave us our Bible on what we need to know, not only for a, a prosperous life here, but also eternal life. Okay. And feelings have nothing to do... How do you think Jesus felt when he was arrested and thrown on the cross? Oh, yeah. He I didn't feel very good, did he? <laughs> but he still did it because it was the truthful and the only way that he could save humanity. Well, and... My feelings do change from day to day. <laughs> they can change moment to moment sometimes. Yeah, true, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. Well, thanks for your calling. Bye-bye. Oh, Bye. Okay, well, we're getting close to the end of the show, and we have still calls waiting, um, and, but we don't have time to take them. So if you want to leave your phone number or email address, I can contact you after the show. I'd be happy to do that. Um, I'd like to close tonight talking about... Uh, our health care system. You know, would the quality of our health care system, what would it be like if only 50% of our doctors studied medicine? Um, if your doctor refused to keep up with modern medical and surgical techniques, would you be comfortable or even safe going to a doctor or to a hospital? Wouldn't you seek out a competent and an educated medical professional to be sure that you got the best and the safest medical care? So, why do people trust biblically uneducated people to guide them into God's truths?
Since Joseph Smith, polygamists have used the Bible and biblical polygamy as their permission for plural marriage. Yet they refuse to study in context what biblical polygamy is all about. They depend upon the biblical illiteracy of someone else to learn what God said about marriage. We urge all of our viewers to study your Bibles and discover what the Bible says about anything and everything. About the Bible, Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. God's word does guide our journey through this life and it lights our way in this dark world. It's the Bible that teaches us God's heart, His will, His way, His decrees, His perfect salvation through Jesus Christ alone. Why risk your eternal life by trusting someone who has never learned God's heart? We urge every viewer to check these things out. God was here long before Joseph Smith was. God, the Bible was here long before Joseph Smith was. God promised His Word would always be available to people without interruption and without corruption. Trust God. Trust His Bible. Because if you trust anything or anyone else, you'll miss the very best. And you'll miss heaven too. Good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.